welcome to today's episode of Deucing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. Corwin Heller. And welcome to the Thursday episode of the show. Uh, if you were listening to this on Thursday, April 7th, it should have been opening day for our local hometown New York Yankees. Instead, it has been postponed a singular day and is now uh, Friday. But regardless, baseball season is upon us. Um, shockingly enough, it has started relatively enough on time. Tomorrow will be the official opening day with uh, Brewers-Cubs being the first game of, of the day. And we'll have a, a series of AL and NL matchups tomorrow, um, concluding with an Astros-Angels matchup at 9.40 p.m. So if you want to watch baseball tomorrow and get your opening day fix, uh, it's uh, all, well, I guess, sorry, as you're listening to this today on April 7th, um, it's a whole, a whole day's worth of games for you to enjoy. Um, man, I really didn't think we would get here uh, for certain mm-hmm. portions of the lockout, but here we are. Yeah. I'm glad we're here. If it, uh, I know I talked about wanting to wait it out and hope that, you know, we can make more progress as, you know, bargaining and all of that. I, I'm actually very glad we're here. Yeah. I've, yeah, no, and you know, if you listen to the show, there were points of the lockout that I think Cor and I were both very okay with missing this season if it meant certain provisions were met within the new CBA. So we were very much so prepared for the season not to happen. So to have it be here almost feels surreal, especially since I haven't watched a single spring training game um, this entire season, which I usually watch a couple, not, not a lot, and usually hooked on it. But uh, yeah, this year, uh, tomorrow, I guess. I'll probably put baseball on tomorrow. I'll probably watch one of the games tomorrow. But uh, with Friday being the Yankees opening day, getting to watch the guys play will be no, I mean a lot. It'll be fun. It'll be really, really fun. What's the I, Padres first game? I don't even know. I've been so fixated on the Masters this year that um, I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. Oh, Padres um, are actually the last game of the day tomorrow. It's uh, Padres yeah. at D-backs, 940. Darvish versus Bumgarner. So I'll be able to watch like 20 minutes of it. Yay. And that's all you get, you little bitch. I am oh, the spokesperson from MLB. You know what? I saw the Darvish versus uh, um, Bumgarner. Bumgarner um, notice like earlier today and was just like, oh, I guess that's the spring training game today. Neat. No, that's, that's a good. Speaking of funny pitching matchups, how funny is it that Tyler McGill is the Mets opening day starter against against Washington uh, on Thursday, <laughs> on Friday? A team that has both Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer, their opening day starter is Tyler with an O McGill. Ty Lord McGill. Was he a starter for them last year? I remember he was also being a meme last year. Just like, who the fuck is this guy? He had like a really good stretch when he first got called up and then a very rocky stretch after that. But I think his, I'll look it up, but I'm pretty sure his season ERA last year was sub four and he was fine. But yeah, how funny is that? Sure. Because sure, why not? Oh my God, he's younger than me. That makes me so sad. 
Oh, no. Poor Tyler. He was born in 1995. He looks older than me, though, so I can take some solace in that. 4.52 ERAs. I wasn't even right about that. 4.52 ERA in um, 18 games. He started. Oh, and he started 18. But in that, he had like a complete game, you know? So it's like he had a really weird. I, I, I can look up his splits. So I don't really care enough to get into Tyler McGill right here. But yeah, so Tyler McGill, opening day starter for the Mets above DeGrom and Scherzer because of various minor injury problems. Oh, minor. I don't know how minor uh, DeGrom's injury is. Well, so uh, yeah, I guess that like one's that one's got to be. third of the season already. Yeah, he, he shut down for, what, three months, I think they said? Four months? Yeah, like 50, 60 games. Yeah, it's a huge. Yeah, it's a huge chunk of the season. Him and Chris Sale, it's like. Oh, when they're on, yeah. man, they're they're great. But oh my god, like Chris Chris Sale got put in the sixty day IL again this season already. And it's like holy shit, this dude's never gonna see. Like both their extensions are, were both completely warranted based on their performance, but look so bad because of their massive inability to stay healthy. Which is wild. Like a, I don't think Degrom's looks as bad because you have to pay that man. He is the face of your team, and he is the greatest pitcher on the planet when he's healthy. And I think you pay that premium to have him, even if it's only for half a season at a time. But still, with how little he's been on the field, same with Sale, it's like, oh, my God, this is just horrendous. Uh, Speaking of questionable signings, uh, Jose Ramirez signed the largest contract in the Cleveland baseball history. Uh, he signed a contract extension worth five, uh, five years worth $124 million with the Cleveland guardians, which is an AAV of 24.8 million. Uh, Jose Ramirez is probably the best third baseman in baseball. Top three, at least. At least. Uh, yeah, we can quibble over stats, so it's not really worth it. We'll call him top three just to make it easier. Um, and it's a wacky kind of deal because uh, $24.8 million is a lot, but for a guy who's only entering his age 29 season, doesn't seem like that much. Um, Manny Machado got more than that for way longer. This is a steal. Uh, and for a guy like Jose Ramirez, who would have been a free agent, I forget if it's at the if it would have been at the end of this season or at the end of next season, but very soon, either way. Uh it sure is interesting that he would do this. Uh, I don't understand why so many superstars are so willing to give up intense value for I guess I can't say always for um, sub-market teams like the Guardians because I mean they did it with the Braves that's the case we always talk about this Um, feels like a very Braves contract and I mean I feel like they did the same thing with Francisco Lindor as well what was his contract that he signed no his contract with the Mets was over 300 mil I'm pretty sure but didn't he sign a contract with uh yeah, 10 year, 341 million. Yeah, that sounds right. I thought he signed a deal with Cleveland prior to that. I don't believe so. 
Yeah, every all of his Cleveland contracts are just the yeah. arbitration deals. Yeah, one year. That deals. was the whole thing. It was a, it was a, it was a trade and, and extend kind of situation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, regardless, Jose Ramirez, you should not have chained yourself to Cleveland. Yeah, not just because Cleveland is obviously tearing down, which is what makes this, or not maybe not actively tearing down anymore, but obviously still in the thralls of a rebuild, I guess is probably the best way to say it. Yeah, they have Jose Ramirez and Shane Bieber is uh, holding down the top end of that rotation, but it gets pretty thin pretty fast, which is a hallmark of a bad team. Um, Now, that doesn't mean Cleveland can't do something kind of like what the White Sox did where they kept Jose Abreu through the lean years, but uh, Jose Ramirez is way better of a baseball player than Jose Abreu. I know Abreu has an MVP, eat my dick, um, doesn't matter. Jose Ramirez could have absolutely fetched a $30 million a year contract in free agency and gone to a team that affords him a better opportunity to win a championship, which again, even leaving that part to the side, like Corwin said, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would leave that much money on the table, even if it's just money. Like, even if that $30 million a year contract was given by like the Marlins or somebody historically bad, like it's still a lot of money that you're opting not to take. I, I don't get it. And once again, once again, it's from a foreign born player. And I, again, am wondering who is in these people's corners? Who? Because we never Their see friends. this kind of contract. That's the thing. We never see this kind of contract with the American players. We don't. No. Ozzy Albies, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Jose Ramirez, it's always the foreign-born players, which, again, leads me to wonder, who the fuck is telling these guys to do this shit? Because, man, it does not look great that there's no white boys getting raked over the coals like this. It, it looks bad. So I don't have enough information to really dig into that, but. Uh, I think this is one of those uh, things that would fall under the umbrella of blatant racism, willing to offer white players more than foreign players. I have absolutely nothing to back that up, but it makes for an easy argument and a fiery talk in the future. Yeah, I, I, well, I, that's the thing. I can't really think of any reason, any, any other reason either. I mean, like, you never see, I, I don't even know who'd be a comp. Like, Mike Trout didn't take a small amount of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, not at all. Like, Aaron, Aaron Judge, he's about to sign an extension, I would assume, anyway. It's been heavily rumored that the discussions are happening, and the goal was to get something done before opening day, which obviously is not set to happen right now, so maybe something soon into the season, but regardless when Aaron judge gets his contract and I know I don't want to brand Aaron judges white just for the sake of convenience. Cause I know he is a, a multiracial person, but I'm American born is what I'm going with here. Um, it's going to be for more money. than this. I would be shocked if it was only for, if it was for less than $150 million, the term might be a little bit different. Who gives a shit about that? but I would be shocked if it was for less money than what Jose Ramirez just took. And if we're being honest, Jose Ramirez probably a better baseball player than Aaron judge. Mostly because of the defensive positioning is why I would come to that conclusion. 
uh, huge boost for playing a mean third base. But in terms of war accumulated over the last few years, they're at least, if we're going to split hairs, they're at least on par with each other. And I think Judge is likely to blow Ramirez's contract out of the water, which makes no goddamn sense because Judge is older and plays a less important defensively position. So I, I, I could be wrong. We'll find out. But He's 10 inches taller, Josh. There's a lot of money that you could stack in those 10 inches. And, you know, you get an extra mil per inch per year. That's how it works. Um, Aaron Judge, career stat line of 276, uh, 940 OPS plus, um, 26.4 war. Jose Ramirez, 278, so the same, uh, career OPS of 855, so actually less, about 90 less, and 34.3 war. Yeah, let's look at that because it's the war figure I'm, I'm trying to, to nail down. Let's look at that advanced I mean, batting. He also has three extra years in the bigs. Right. That's, oh. why, that's why baseball reference is the handy feature that I love that they added, I think, Two last extra year, years. The 162 game average. So at an average year, uh, Jose Ramirez, 5.7 war. Aaron Judge, oh, damn, 7.5. That's way more than I was expecting. God, I'm underrating Judge in my head. Because you never see him play. I do. I never watch those East Coast games. <laughs> I never see him. Yeah, wow, that's actually wild. I really would have assumed. I did assume. I'm talking about it. But, uh, eh, whatever, I'm wrong. Regardless, I... Uh, oh, God, I just can't help but think he would have gotten more than this. Man. Also the same age, Josh. Are they really? I thought yeah, Judge was 100. in his 30s already. 144 days uh, older than Jose Ramirez. Wow. I am. My perception of these two players is wildly different. It's got to be. Pick a, pick a player you would compare to these two so we can on. see how wildly off you are. It's got to be because Jose Ramirez debuted when he was 20 and Judge debuted for real when he 25. was 25. Yeah. yeah. that that's That's why I'm doing this to myself. Because it, when, it, when you debut when you're 20, I assume you're that age forever. You know like, why I always like, think like, of I don't, Jose Ramirez I, being younger? Why? Because I've watched them regularly during that like serious push into the playoffs in the World Series when he was like 24, 25 years old. And I, he has just stayed that age forever. I'm going to put it this way also. I have no idea how old Bryce Harper is anymore. <sighs> and we talk about him all the time. <laughs> Yes. And it's, and it's because he debuted at 19 and I don't know what year that was anymore. And I cannot tell you how old this man is now. Did you pull up his stat page? Yes. I did not. Okay. Um, Career stat line of 279, 916 OPS and 40.1 career war. So damn the exact same player. He is 29 years old. Wait, really? He is a month younger. Uh, Jose Ramirez was born on uh, September 17th. Bryce Harper was born on October 16th. Yo, this is blowing my goddamn mind. Jose Ramirez debuted at age 20 in 2013. Bryce Harper was 19 in 2012. Also won Rookie of the Year, so he kind of burst onto the scene instead of getting 12 at-bats. He won Rookie of the Year and MVP, right? That was the same no, year? No, no, no. No? One MVP, uh, 2015. 
I don't know why I thought for some reason he won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year. Someone did that. I know someone did that. Rookie of the Year and MVP, same year. Ichiro Suzuki. Oh, okay. Same same guy, really. Fred Lynn in 1975. Of course. The guy from The Odd Couple, naturally. so, So we've somehow ass backwards just lucked our way into three identical players pick a fourth one please pick a fourth manny machado we said his name oh my god this is gonna get i know manny's older but no i don't think he is i think he is the same age (laughs) yeah yeah he is 45 career war stop i thought you were about to say he was 45 years old (laughs) When you led with 45 after we talked about age, I thought you were going to say Manny Machado, 45 years old. Um, let's see. Aaron Judge, born April 26th. Manny Machado, July 6th. Jose Ramirez, September 17th. Bryce Harper, October 16th. Four for four. Man. All right. Um, I'm going to go like Nolan Arenado. All right, but this is the last one that we actually have to do what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Until we get it wrong. We've gotten almost all of them wrong. He is nearly... No, dude, we've gotten all of them right. They are all identical. Um, Yeah, he's he's different. So let's just move right along. How old is Arenado? Uh, He'll be 31 in like a week, 10 days. But for me, I would have guessed 29 again. Yeah, so would I. 44 war, 288 batting average, 880 OPS. Same ballpark. All right, hold on. Now I'm curious. Way better defensively, though. What is Nolan Arenado's war per 162? Maybe he's who I'm thinking of. 5.8. Yeah. Damn. Judge really is fantastic. 5.7. And Bryce Harper, 5.1. Judge really is damn good. He hit many home runs. He does. He hits many home runs. Career OPS plus of 150. My fucking guy. Uh, You know what? Judge was runner-up for MVP when he won Rookie of the Year. That might be a two. I um I just went to go look up Xander Bogart's name and, and typed in Xerox Bogarts instead by mistake and I, I <laughs> oh, that's fine. really funny. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we are here today, right as the season is about to start, to do our annual tradition with the MLB season of bold predictions. Ooh, and I'm not gonna get the years wrong this time. I've got everything labeled. Mistake-free bold predictions round from Josh over here. No. So Corwin Heller, are you yes. ready to get started? I am. All right. So let's start, as we always do, with the awards. So uh, first, uh, what's the first one you got? Uh, MVP. All right. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, I feel like I started last time. You can go ahead. I was going to say, I definitely feel like you started last time. All right. I'm going with a very not dark horse candidate, a player who has just changed teams. And because of that, if this team makes the playoffs, 
I'm sure there will be heavy conversation around his contribution to it. And even though that shouldn't matter on MVP voting, it fucking does anyway. So Carlos Correa. I really hope not. I'm really hard into the, I hope he tanks this year in hopes that all of the former Astros who were involved in that scandal are just destroyed. I really hope he does win MVP this year because I also wanted to test my theory of if he kills it this year, does he take the opt-out to get a boatload of money with a longer term? Because remember, we theorized about that when he signed his contract of like, by the way, you are muted. Oh, you're talking to somebody else. Um, We theorized about that when he signed that contract of this is such a wacky, weird deal. I wonder if he's treating it like essentially a one year prove it deal, but with some security, with some um, like insurance. And so I kind of hope he does win MVP because I think that's so fucking interesting that if he does opt out, it would prove that theory right. And then maybe more players do that because that's cool. I like wacky, weird contracts. So. Yeah, I hope he does have an MVP caliber season, although obviously I hope it's a Yankee. Um, it'll naturally be the least likely Yankee to win it. So like Isaiah Connor Falafa or some shit. That would be fucking be amazing. Unreal. Imagine I imagine IKF has I would love to know what a nine war season looks like with an 85 OPS plus. Like how good do you have to be defensively? What is the all-time record for defensive run saves? Oh, that I have no idea. I was going to look up. um, I'm sure Ozzie Smith has to have a year similar to that, where he had like a stupid high war with a stupid low, like a dumb low batting line. Um, Uh, This is a player in 2017 who set the record. Do you want to guess who that could have been? Shortstop, I'll say that. 2017, you said? Mm Mm-hmm. So most DRS with with anything or just most DRS? Just most DRS. I know, for, I know for a fact he did not have a very high OPS. Okay, well, so I was going to say Correa, but it can't be Correa then because he would have had a good OPS. Oh, man. Um, oh, I'll say um, on, and Dalton Simmons. Yeah. That a boy. Yeah, it makes sense. 40. 40 defensive runs saved. He had a batting average of 278, OPS of 752. What's that as, a, as an OPS plus? 102. So I got right here for you, Ozzy Smith. Ozzy Smith's best year by war it was 1989. He had 7.3 war. His OPS that year, 97. That to me is mind-blowing what was what was his defensive war that year his d war that year was 4.8 he also had 3.6 war worth of o war so i sure um but yeah wow imagine batting below average and still having a 7.3 war season so that 2017 season from drelton simage was a 5.1 uh d war Good for second highest all time. Um, 
2015 Kevin Kiermeyer, 4.6 DWAR, 99 OPS plus. Damn. I'm trying to find that. Uh, anyone else that's active? Javi Baez, 2019. Let's see what you have. 3.8 DWAR. He probably was way over. Uh, 2019, 115, yeah. All right, well, we tried. We did. I'm just looking at one more thing. Ooh, here we go. This is one. Nick Ahmed in 2018 at a 3.7 DWAR. Um, okay, hold on. 83 OPS plus. What is more impressive to you between the, these numbers? Ozzy Smith's 1989 season, like I said, 7.3 war with a 97 OPS plus. Or Ozzy Smith's 1979 season in which he had uh, 1.6 war with an OPS plus of 48. So genuinely a horrible hitter, but still was worth... 1.6 1.6 war because he was that good defensively. Wow, 43? 48. 48? 48, an OPS plus of 48. Um, I want to compare it to someone uh, who I Ooh. was looking at their page today. Wait, hold on. I got an even better one for you. Ozzy Smith's 1980 season. WAR, OPS plus of 71. Okay. Imagine you're 30% worse than the average hitter, and you put up all-star numbers worth of WAR. 5.1 WAR. So I'm going to lay out some numbers with some context, and I feel like this is going to be a very, very easy guess. So what was it, 48 uh, OPS plus with a 1.5-ish war 1. for 6, Ozzie yeah. Smith, 1.6. Yeah. This player had a 45 OPS plus. Very bad. Negative 1.5 war. Very bad. Is a former MVP. It's Chris Davis, right? No? Nope. And this was last season. Oh, is it Eric Hosmer? No. Wait. I couldn't find the mute button in time, so I just stifled that and it hurt. Albert Pujols? No. Although that would have been a a good one to look up, but everyone knows that he tanks hardly. Who had negative 1.5 war, 45 OPS plus. Who had that bad of a year last MVP. year from a former his, MVP? His batting line was uh, 165 batting average, 542 OPS plus. Was it a full season? How many games? He it's got to be that much war. 315 at bats, 350 play appearances. All right. So that's about half a season. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I have no idea. Who was it? I have no idea. Uh, also was rookie of the year, if that doesn't help at all. Um, Cody Bettlinger. Oh, my God. Of course. God, I can't believe I didn't think of him. 
Oh my God. That it was that bad. Oh, God. <laughs> I knew that too, but we definitely talked about it at the time, but that completely left my head. Holy shit. I'll give you a spoiler alert. He is involved with one of my predictions this year. Which actually, we have talked about a single prediction so far, so we should keep going. So, well, we're, my we're MVP, still in uh, awards. Yeah, right. Yeah, my MVP was Carlos Correa. Who do you have for yours? Oh my God, you're right. Uh, for AL, I'm not going bold. This is the one where I just I need to go with my heart. Show so I need you him to go back bitch. to back. I need him to do it. I think it's more of a bold prediction because of how unlikely it is for him to go back to back. Well, and I think that part of that unlikeliness is I feel like he can't win it doing what he just did. I feel mm-hmm. as though he'll probably needs to outdo himself to win it. This um, is once again the Mike Trout dilemma in which he has won MB he is better in the seasons in which he has not won MVP than he is in the seasons in which he has won MVP. And part of that rolls into uh, you have to constantly be better than the year that you just won it. And and there has to be a clear field in which you can do it. And sometimes players just get so good that even when they do top themselves, if it's not by enough, then it gets overlooked. So mm-hmm. just for recap sake, Shohei Otani's season last year, fuck, 9.1 war, an OPS plus of 158, uh, and an ERA, where is his pitching stats? Oh, there it is. An ERA of 3.18. It's just a stupid good season. Stupid good season. Um, Honestly, I don't, even if he doesn't do better than that, maybe if he just pitches more games. He pitched 23 games, but maybe if he pitched more games, I don't even know. It's a solid, it's a solid, it's a solid bet. Um, I didn't go very exciting with my NL pick either. Um, Juan Soto, it feels like he's bound to run into one. And uh, why not this year? Um, he's very good. I don't think I need to justify this. He's very fucking well. Good. I'll tell you why, Josh. It's because the actual winner is going to be uh, Juan Soto. Oh, you um, also picked Juan Soto? I also picked Juan Soto. So there you go. That's all I got to say. I mean, I think he is head and shoulders above anyone else in the NL right now um, with Fernando out for, I assume, all, the entire year. I think he'll come back in like July, end of July. Um, but uh I made the bold prediction last year that he would have like a 500 on base percentage, which boy, that was a wild guess. Um, I don't think he's going to do that, but I think he's going to just have stupid fucking numbers. Like I, I honestly could see him having like a 1200 OPS this year. Uh, he came dangerously close to that in 2020, which was a shortened season, but still, uh, yeah. Juan Soto. But his career average OPS plus is 160. It's stupid. And you know what's wild? I really must be discounting Judge in my head because Juan Soto's average WAR per 162 is 6.1, and Judge's was 7.5. And I really just can't wrap my fucking head around that. Did I misread That's... that? I'm going back to Judge's page to make sure I didn't misread that number. 
No, I didn't. It's 7.5. Fuck me. It just, I just can't believe it. Because if you ask me to compare them, I would probably pick Soto. And I think I'd be right. But the war per 162 is telling me I am, in fact, not. So. I don't know. Uh, what do I know? All right. Cy Young next. Sure. Uh, I really went back and forth on who to pick for this because I, I didn't want to repeat my pick from last year. But at the same time, I am lazy and I liked my pick from last year. He came very close to winning it. So, uh, Garrett Cole. That's fair. I mean, I know to some extent you got to be a homer. I'd pick Fernando if he was here, even though I assume Juan Soto's going to have a better year. And part of part of my rationale, we'll play with, full season. right? Part of my rationale for this also was looking back at last year's stats leaderboards, and it was mainly dominated by National League pitchers. The AL didn't represent very large in this grouping last year. Garrett Cole was near the top. I wouldn't bank on Robbie Ray having a repeat season. I don't believe Lance Lynn can be this good for this long, so I will not pick him. It, it makes no sense. He throws one pitch, and he's a starter. I don't get it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not picking him. So really, outside of like those three dudes, the rest of every leaderboard is National League pitchers. Mm-hmm. So it felt like Garrett Cole was a pretty easy choice here for me, in addition to being the homer pick. Who did you have? Uh, I went with the guy who, by all means, had a very good year last year, but I genuinely think he's going to continue a already incredible rise and become just one of the premier first-tier dominant pitchers in baseball. I'm going to go with Shane Bieber again. I had a feeling you would. Honestly, part of that is because, again, the top of the AL leaderboard for uh, the pitching guys, it, it really is like a handful of dudes. Yeah. There isn't really a, a breakout guy on and and it, and, it, and it even feels that way intuitively. Like if you just look at the AL teams, like the Rays, Tyler Glass now, if he stays healthy, may, maybe. Um Boston, no one I'd pick for Cy Young. Yankees, Garrett Cole. The uh, Blue Jays, maybe Hunjin Rue. But after that, not really anybody I'd want to make a bet on. Baltimore's ace is John Means. I wouldn't really want to gamble on him either. Uh, and it, it goes all the way down the list. Like, do you really want to bet on Justin Verlander for winning Cy Young again this year? Like, no. You mean a guy who's 39 years old and is coming, coming off, of off sh- shoulder? Is it Tommy John or shoulder surgery? I think it was. A, I think it was shoulder surgery. I don't think it was Tommy John. And it's like every team. A lot of these teams have good rotations and solid guys, but there's not like big obvious. Cy Young type aces in the AL for you to really take your pick from like there is in the NL. So I guess let's get to the NL um, where I went different with my Cy Young pick than I tend to go. Uh, I went with Corbin Burns, who had a wonderful season last year uh, and actually um, had finished I had one Cy Young last year um, in what was a relatively contentious vote because of his 
lack of innings, I guess we could say, but his efficiency metrics and his actual stats, I guess we should say, because his ERA was the lowest in baseball were so amazing that I don't think innings will come into play as much, especially now that we kind of breached that, um, mm-hmm. like we've broken that seal in a way that I think if Corbin Burns does marginally better in any of these stats, this is his award again. Yeah, I think you've set the precedent that those numbers stack up better than pure volume. And if he can continue that over a healthier stretch of a season, um, okay, we've shown that you can do it with his big drawback being innings pitch. Now he has the innings pitch, stay consistent. Hey, shouldn't I win this award? Right. And this is essentially an extension of the conversation around Corbin Burns from 2020. Like his career stat, his career, his stats in 2021 are actually marginally uh, the baseball reference back at the baseball card stats anyway, worse than they were in 2020. Uh, and he didn't, he finished sixth in voting in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. So really, I, I'm, again, part of that came down to innings pitched. So I, I really think that he could be a repeat kind of guy. Um, I know that the NL is stacked, but uh, hey, Corbin Burns, it's my guy. Going with him again. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I didn't realize he had a 211 ERA in 2020. That's stupid. Um, yeah. I originally was going to go Max Scherzer here. I just like that, you know, that was my first instinct as well. Kicking. Yeah. And then we were talking about like, all oh, right, he's hurt. And that's kind of tough. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the guy that I had last year, which. Did I, do you remember who I picked last year? Any idea? No, no idea. All right. Then I'll just stick with it. I'm going to go you Darvish. Oh, okay. I think he's got seven pitches. I think he started so fucking good last year. He was on that Cy Young pace, just fell apart with the rest of the Padres after the all-star break. I can very much see him sticking through it all of this year and having himself a nice full season. Second half push with Fernando coming back. I think he gives a jolt of energy to everybody. I think, uh, you know, even though he did lose his personal catcher, Victor Carantini, who was traded away an hour ago. Um, I think he's he's going to do fine. That's not a bad bet. The dude is crazy good at his um, maintaining and perfecting his repertoire of pitches. So always a good and bet. He's for this so category. fucking fun to watch. And he's handsome. You're very handsome. Uh, all right. Next, you want to do rookie of the year? Yes. All right, so this was this was a, a tough one with the AL because a number of great prospects got called up. So uh, this one feels almost like a hey, no, no wrong answers because boy howdy, there's a lot of guys. So I am going with um, one of the top dudes who got announced that he was going to be making the starting roster, and that is. Dominican outfielder for the Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez. Mariners are an AL team, correct? Yes, this is AL 
rookie of the year. So uh, when, I start with down, when I wrote him down for NL, that was a mistake. You're a fucking so. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> One moment, please. Cora has to recalibrate his calculations. Oh, God. It appears that the algorithm oh, has spit no. back some, some misleading oh. information. Oh. Oh. This is a great ah. series of faces. Yeah. Uh, what team? Uh, what, d- Detroit, that's the AL2. That's right? the AL2. Spencer Turkelson, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, no, that's the I AL. got this so fucking ass backwards. Who did you who did um, you have for the AL? Let, let, you can vamp. I'm talking about my NL guy. <laughs> Who'd you put for the for your AL rookie of the year? A player who plays in the National League. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh my god. Who? <laughs> Who was it? Um <laughs> my uh American League rookie of the year is uh, Yeah, of course it's you picked up your national league, just swip just switch him. <laughs> I know, I just had to get the air out. Oh Jesus, Josh. How have we done this for like four years? Three. Three years. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, All right, so your AL pick is also Julio Rodriguez. Look, like I said, there's a bunch of great AL candidates that um, came came up this year because well, a lot of um, a lot of AL teams are bad. Uh, so you could have picked you know, Bobby Bobby Witt Jr. Um, uh, Spencer, Tor- Spencer Torkelson. Jesus Christ, that name is going to haunt me. I hope his career is short because I cannot pronounce that fucking name. It activates my my stutter so hard. Um, but Torkelson, no, not Torkelson. Witt will be starting with the Royals. He's supposed to be a great uh, shortstop, I think. Um Julio Rodriguez, obviously uh, with the Mariners, Mariners, Torkelson with the Tigers, uh, Riley Green also with the Tigers is a great candidate, and Adley Rushman with the uh, Orioles is is um, making should be making his debut this year as well. So those are all guys that we could have picked, um, all guys, all names to look out for for the National League, which uh, I'd say is a little bit more thin in this category from what we know right now, but I am going to go with uh, a guy coming up from the Reds, pitcher, Hunter Green. Hmm. Who you got? Big man, big man throw hard. Big man who throws hard. Um, I'm going with, I, I originally had C.J. Abrams here. I want him to do well. I think he's going to do exceptionally well. I just think he's going to spend too much time. I think he's going to spend a trip in the minors this year um, at some point later on in the season. So I'm going to go with the guy who I know is going to make the major league roster, signed a big boy contract, Seiya Suzuki. Yeah, I considered him as well. Um, He is coming over from the NPB. He'll be playing with the Cubs, which – Obviously, 
he is going to be more major league ready probably than anybody else because he is coming out of, well, a different major mm. league. Um, also, Bryson Stott of the Phillies would be a, a good option. He'll be a shortstop. Problem is, coming up as a shortstop on a team that's trying to compete on a team that has a defensively decent shortstop. I'm not going to call Didi Gregorius a great defensive shortstop at this point in his career, but he's still f- not a liability, I think. No Makes it harder. Huh? No one on that team is good defensively. Right, which I think adds to the defensive value that Gregorius provides because the rest of that infield is so fucking bad at handling a ball. So I, I my hesitation with Bryson Stott was how much of a risk the Phillies are willing to take on bringing him up, but hey, he might end up making it up. Uh, O'Neill Cruz, sorry, Aniel. I'm going to get that wrong too. Aniel Cruz. Oh, yeah. Um, he is starting the season in the minors, which was a big shock to pirates and baseball fans everywhere. And that just didn't give me a lot of confidence in the pirates to do the right thing. Not even by the player, by themselves for, for, for their own safety, like bringing up a guy as talented as Aniel Cruz. So worry there. Uh, and then the giants, I think are similarly in, uh, in a bad position because of how good of a position they're in with Joey Bart, where they're hitting very well at this point in time. Um, and with Buster Posey retiring, obviously that brings in a place for Joey Bart, but it, once again, like totally forgot about that. How, how much, how much, uh, I don't know what his defense looks like, but if they have a guy, they feel really good about defensively and you're hitting. Okay. Do you want to uh, shake things up for the sake of more offense? If the rest of your team is, Hitting fine, but defensively might be a little bit suspect. So, it, um, anyway. Kurt Casali Kurt is the only other catcher on the Giants roster, which means I think they're going to go with Joey Bart. Which I think they probably are right to do. So, but hey. All right, so that's the National League and American League Rookies of the Year. Corwin, Manager of the Year. I'm sorry, I start that. Uh, manager of the Year, I went. Fun differential. Scott Cervase of the Mariners. Mm-hmm. I think they are in a good position to make the playoffs this year. That's right. I'm sticking by them. I think they've added talent. I think that the um, uh, fucking the guy, the fact that they're starting the season with Julio Rodriguez up on the major league level shows that they're serious about competing. I am confident that if they are playing up to their potential or beyond, they will add come the trade deadline last season, they barely, barely missed the playoffs by two games going 90 and 72. And a lot of that, like, I was surprised Scott surveys didn't win manager of the year last year. I thought he really, really deserved it. Um, so I think this year might be a combination of, Hey, look, he still deserves it and making it up from last year. So Scott surveys, that's my pick. Cervase uh, was my initial gut pick, um, and then I kind of spent two minutes digging into uh, the, the Mariners, and oh my god, their pitching could be fucking disastrous this year. I know, it's exciting. Um, and I just I was immediately turned off just by the fact that that team could be offensively 
explosive and so exciting to watch. And I honestly, great offense and terrible pitching makes for an exciting game. Um, but it's also harder to win games. Um, so I'm going to go with a team that I think has a better all-around roster at the moment. Um, a bit more of a dark horse to make the playoffs. I'm going to go with the Detroit Tigers and A.J. Hinch. That's another great choice. It's a really great choice. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's then get in. Uh, I would like to remind you, by the way, Robbie Ray, now a member of the Mariners, just saying. Oh, no. And yeah, they're just going to have I him pitch every fully day. Expect, I fully expect Robbie Ray to have a much worse season than last year. Yeah, I do too. I do not see <laughs> any way he keeps up this whatsoever. Yeah, no, he's not winning Cy Young again. Um, nationally. I think he has a sub-3-5 ERA. That's a great – it's – it's tough because I'd actually say I would be surprised if he did, but only because now the AL East or AL West is so much worse. Because Houston's still good. The Mariners are good, but he's on the Mariners, so that doesn't matter. And then, fuck, everybody else blows. Oakland just got rid of all their good bats. The Angels still can hit at the top end. After you get past like the third or fourth hitter, it gets pretty dicey. And then, oh no, all right, no, you know what? Every team can hit except except Oakland. All right, never mind. I'll take it back. No teams are good, but every team can hit except Oakland. So, all right, fair enough. All right, uh, National League Manager of the Year. I'm going with an old dog uh, who maybe can learn a new trick. A team I am picking to win their division in a later bowl prediction on the back of his managing and a lot of really fun guys, Joe Girardi. I don't even know what team it is. That's the Phillies. Oh, my God. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. I don't know why I was really, really locked into the West Coast when you were talking about that. I think that the NL East is going to be tough as it always is. And it's never tough because all the teams happen to be good. <laughs> it's always tough because, oh, my God, no one wants to win that division. But it's always tough. And uh, I I am going to pick the Phillies to win it because I think that they are weirdly actually quite good. And I, I never have faith in the Mets and I don't want to root for Atlanta. So, but regardless, I think Joe Girardi is still a decent manager. Um, and I think it's, he's going to have to show that with a lot of active managing of this team because of defensive replacements mm-hmm. and pitching changes that he might actually get attributed as a reason the Phillies go on to be successful this season. So Joe Girardi, that's my pick. I like it. Um, a lot of the things you said leading into the Joe Girardi pick also hold true for my pick. That's the podcast. Old guy, dog. Right? It's the Padres guy. Yeah. Old yeah. dog trying to learn a new trick with a fun group of young players. Bob Melvin. Oh my God. That's right. It is Bob Melvin. I completely yeah. forgot he changed California teams. Yeah. Man. Oakland really cutting everyone loose last year and now this year. Right. Damn. Okay. I like those. I like them. I like them. Uh, last two guys. Uh, comeback player of the years. Did you forget about this? 
All right. Well, for the AL, I have Aaron Hicks, who missed the majority of last season with a continuing parade of injuries. Um, I don't think he has to be outstanding to win it because there's not a lot of guys who are really coming back from great uh, amounts of injuries. I think Aaron Hicks, um, as long as he is serviceable as a bat and plays decent defense, he'll be fine. I'll go Justin Verlander. No, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. National League, I think, is a pretty cut and dry pick. It's Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, yeah, yeah, he's very good, and he did not play much last season, so he just has to be kind of okay. And uh, he's Ronnie; he'll win the award. So, yep. all right. So finally, we come to the moment we've all been waiting for. The reason we listen to the show: bold predictions. Uh, I started with the awards. Do you want to start with the predictions then? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, my first award actually goes back to one of the most recent talks oh, we just had. Wait, about sorry. Prediction. Hold on. I have to interrupt. Uh, World Series winner. We didn't oh, do that one. Who are you picking yeah. to win the World Series this year? Oh, do I want to be bold or do I want to just... Uh, I think it's too obvious not to pick the Dodgers. If there was anyone else who was reasonably close to my mind, I would pick them. But um, it's the Dodgers. I I went I went bold on this one because um, I got really fucking tired of picking the Dodgers. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm picking a whole different NL team. I'm picking the Phillies. Okay, we're getting Let's bold. Hope- we're getting wacky and weird, man. Let's hope they either strike a lot of people out or just they will not learn how to play defense. Let's hope everything is not. a softly hit fly ball. Yeah. Oh my God. Every, every, every ball is hit under 60 miles an hour at an, at a launch angle of like a hundred. Just trade Eric Hosmer to every team in the playoffs. Or not hundred, like uh, 80, I should say. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They're, God, that defense is going to be fun to watch. All right, so sorry. Bold predictions. Give me the first one. Number one, Matt Olson replacing Mr. Freddie Freeman. Frederick Freeman, if you will, wins NL Silver Slugger and Gold Glove. And by transitive property, Freddie Freeman does not win those awards. It's not the trans. It's not how the transitive property. It's not transitive property at all. There was nothing transitive about that. I actually looked up the uh, the math properties I learned in like freshman year of high school and just couldn't find any of that match, so I just left it as it was. Comparative. Uh, comparative property. Is that not a property? I think so. Uh, cumulative property, reflective, uh, transitive. Yeah, I don't, who cares? This is not this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's it's not worth it. All right. Okay. My first one, I'm coming out hot, steamy, wet. No. <laughs> um, my first bold prediction was originally gonna be around home run rates, but I was like, I don't like the math I'd have to do here. So I'm going to make it a little bit more conversational. So my first bold prediction is three or more players hit 50 or more home runs. 
Uh, there has been talk oh. about altering the baseball again to create a run environment that is more similar to what we had in 2017 to 2019. And if that is true, or if MLB decides to head back in that direction because of, this, of a decision that its current run environment has been too favorable towards pitchers or too many strikeouts and not enough home runs, whatever, that means we should see an increase in home runs. Mm-hmm. And last year, we had two players hit 48 of them. So I, I don't see how it's that much of a stretch to assume we could get three players to hit 50 with a slightly different run environment and this many dudes yanking jacks already. So, and it's both. So you said five at first, and I was like, what? Oh, no, three. Three dudes, 50 home runs or more. Three is very reasonable. Five, I think, would be fun as hell, but a bit bold for my taste in yeah. bold predictions. All right, give me yours. Uh, Second to one. My number two. two, This is about as boring as it's going to get for me. I'm just hoping to speak. A lot of these I'm just trying to speak into existence. Others I'm trying to jinx. So we'll see which actually works out in the end. Probably neither. Uh, The Giants go from 107 wins to missing the playoffs. This is so close to a bull prediction I already have. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Which this is a bull prediction. They're projected to be v- rather good. So we will see. Uh, my second one is bold only in the context of this show, which I spelled out in my bull prediction, which is that stolen base attempts increase at a far greater rate than we have been assuming on this show. <laughs> um, so we have said, and I still believe it, which is why it's a bold prediction. Like I'm, 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 going against my own beliefs in this one, which really is the ultimate testament of whether or not it is bold. Um, Because we have said increasing the size of bases by three inches square means that really all the base paths are only about six inches smaller than each other than than they were last season. And how much does, I think we even said it might be less than six inches, like somewhere between four and six. And so, with that small, let's call it amount, six inches, okay? Using the because you have to measure from the from from the base. <laughs> uh, uh, using uh, that doesn't seem like enough of a uh, of a shortening of the gap to uh, to warrant such a large increase. Like, I still don't think it's going to happen, but MLB must have seen something at lower levels to want to instigate this institute this rule change at at the major league level. So I assume I have to be wrong, but until they fucking show me, I don't believe it. So I'll have to do some math on this one later, but I, yeah, that's number two. I like it. My number three, this one will be fun for you. The ALE standings. Yes. Will completely flip in their order withholding. Those bullshit Orioles who set the record for the lowest amount of wins. Not record. I, I should so say you're that. Going that was a prediction. One, Orioles two, finished three, four, last. Will now be four, three, two, one, and then Orioles. Orioles, yeah. Got it. So Blue Jays, Yankees, Red Sox, and then the Rays. That's bold to put the Rays that low. I would definitely, I could see that being the standings flip the Rays and Reds, Sox, Ziz. But uh, yeah, that's bold. It, it wouldn't be a bold prediction if just, well, the order in the ALE changes slightly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, my next one might not seem very bold, but yet history tells us it continues to be very bold. Um, but I do believe it is bold because they, they can't do it. So uh, my number three bold prediction is that the Angels make the playoffs. <laughs> about as bold as you can get sir they've almost never they have done it one time in the mike trout era one time but which really is all things. you need to know about how it will never happen again i know but they're shaking things up they have officially parted ways with albert pools come the middle of last season they've also moved on from uh, justin upton this past offseason which shows that they really are not allowing themselves to be hampered by the large contracts they've given out by mistake in the past handful of years and trying to actively fill those positions with players that provide a higher value in terms of on-field contributions um, to you know be better in the upcoming seasons. So with Oakland being probably now more of a non-factor and not yet knowing what the Rangers are, they could be really good. Who fucking knows. Um, there is definitely a, a gap now in that Oakland spot of perennial wildcard team that I am going to say the angels could possibly be, especially with expanded playoffs. So Oakland, uh, Anaheim. I'd love to see the Mariners fill that perennial spot, but uh, I would too. The Mariners who have not made the playoffs in, in like 17 years or some Mm -hmm. stupid, I think 20, 20 years who fucking it's been so long. It doesn't even matter. Hey man, remember when those uh, Mariners won 116 games? It's a long yes, time ago. Yes, that's the funniest part. I do. I was alive to see it. And soon that's going to sound like, back in my day, movies cost a quarter. It's going to be back in my day, the Mariners made the playoffs. Shut up, Grandpa. Mariners haven't made the playoffs in 100 years. Well, hopefully, speaking of breaking some of those curses, the Dodgers break the single season wins record. They only had a losing record against three teams last year. I want to take a guess at to what those three teams were. The Giants. Correct. I don't know. <laughs> um, the Braves. Nope. Winning record. Nice record against the Braves. The San Francisco Giants. Sure. The Chicago Cubs makes no fucking sense. I don't believe in the Miami Marlins. I actually could believe that when the Marlins are weirdly good when they sure. when they want to when they um, want to be. So I second part of this prediction is they will not have a losing record against a single team. That's bold. Mm-hmm. 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 This is a very bold prediction that this I is, so hope blows up in your face. Two parts. Oh, this is, you know how I said, oh, I'm hoping to speak some of these in existence. This is the one I'd like to jinx wholeheartedly. That's how we I know get this we're, one wrong so bad. That's how we know we're doing a good job at making these bold predictions when we actively don't want some of them to happen, <laughs> but we're predicting them to happen anyway. We're being very honest with ourselves and our viewers. Listeners, audience, I think audience is a better catch-all. People who live with us who are the only people that listen to this fucking thing. That's very kind of you to assume Kel listens to this. Well, Quinn listens because I do it in the apartment. I don't even get that, so. Touche. Yeah. Uh, All right. My next one is that the AL Central Division winner is genuinely good 
and makes it past the first round of the playoffs. This is something that has not happened, I think, since 2017, when the Yankees and uh, Cleveland team met in the ALCS. No, that was the ALDS. All right, so this hasn't happened since 2016 when, when, the, when Cleveland made the World Series. This hasn't happened in years. And that's because whoever has won the AL Central recently has kind of won it by default. Yeah, and they've been bad. They, they've been an okay team with a good record because they just murder bad teams within their own division. But this year with the Tigers being potentially much better, the White Sox still being a decent team, the Twins being genuinely much better, uh, and Cleveland uh, probably not being a dumpster fire like I'm expecting the Orioles to be. I think there's enough room here, an- enough competition here, to where we could actually say that whatever team wins this division will have earned it. And mm-hmm. I don't know where they will be in the playoffs. Uh, like, you know, will they have to play in the wild card round or not? I don't know but I think they will make it past whatever their first round is because I think there is an, a, enough here that they'll actually have to be okay. So it's yeah, bold. Just who, that, who that person would be. I think that the Twins is the easiest team to pick at this point because they have the most, you know, proven players on That's them fair. right now. But uh, it, honestly, if you told me it was the Tigers or the White Sox, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't disbelieve you. Okay. Yeah. All right, hit me with the next one. Uh, speaking of central teams, Joey Votto hits 40 home runs this year. Hit 37 in 2010 as his previous career high. Zero out of the seven projections I looked up have him getting any more than 31 home runs with the average being 29.4. Joey Votto just goes fucking beast mode. Goes whole. He just he just becomes dad uh, strength. I don't know if he has kids, but Nelson Cruz and just plays till he's forty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, Perk and Rosenthal, do you, twins are looking are currently working to acquire Chris Paddock from the Padres. The twins. The twins. Do they have him left Two field? minutes ago. Who is there? Alex Killerov. We're not getting him for Chris Paddock. Maybe Max Kepler, but I don't think he's the kind of guy you get with for Chris Paddock. That's for sure. I don't know. I hope it's an outfielder. That'd be nice. Otherwise, you know, whatever. Yeah, we'll see. chance nothing happens. That's fair. Uh, All right. My next one. Uh, The Giants turn back into a pumpkin and finish within five games of 500. Which team? The Giants. This is the one I said is very similar (laughs) to yours. Yeah. So we already talked about it. We can five games of 500. So anywhere between 77 and 87 wins. That's spicy. Yeah, well, I got my my part of my rationale with it was the Giants obviously overperformed last year. But I don't yeah. I don't think I'm being unfair in saying that they won uh, 107 games, which is too many. So let's say their real win potential is like 
97, 10 games less. Well, the Dodgers got better. So let's uh, hock a few wins off of that. And let's, let's chop it down to like, I don't know, 92. And uh, then the Padres got better. So let's, let's hack that down a little bit. And, you know, I don't don't think it works. I know, but I don't think it takes very much for the giants to um, fall a little bit, but, I, again, it's it's tough to say. It's bold to say they're going to fall this much, which is why it's made this part of our show in bold predictions. So, anywho, hit me with yours. Uh, this one I straight up stole from a, a guy who writes bold predictions, but I just enjoyed it too much um, to not. Uh, I don't remember his name, so I can't give him credit. I don't really care either because he will never listen. Uh, the Blue Jays have six players that hit 30 home runs. Any any six you're targeting specifically or just six guys? Uh, Vladdy, Bichette, George Springer, Matt Chapman, um, Teoscar Hernandez, and uh, I think it was Gurriel. Lord as Gurriel Jr.? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else. Gene Segura can't hit 30 home runs. He doesn't Gene play Segura? for what's he on the Phillies? Yeah, what's the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's the name of their uh, second baseman? Biggio? Biggio? Kevin Biggio. Yeah. Let's see if he's ever hit uh, anything close. He's too young. I don't think he's he's yeah, he's played. He's got that three dad seasons. strength. Yeah. Um, 16 home runs his rookie year hasn't hit double digits since then. Yeah. Okay. That's a good. That's a good signal. Up. Moving on. Words. Yeah. All right. Um. My next bold prediction is the Mets adding name brands continues to not help enough, and they finish fourth in the division. The Mets are kind of doing what the Yankees did in like 2003, which is like, God, fucking know that name. Sign them. Sign them. Sign them. Um. Yeah. Granted, the Mets are signing. Is obviously great. Like any team would be lucky to have Max Scherzer, um, but the Mets are not good enough all over their rotation and bullpen. It's not just having a guy that can slot into the um, Jacob Degrom spot when he's not there. It's a matter of the fact that Tyler McGill started a lot of starts last year, and he probably shouldn't have. Oh, by the way, he's your opening day starter. That's not a good position for you to be in. Oh, your bullpen? I, it's a mess. It's 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 no good at all. Robbie Cano is going to have probably meaningful at bats for you, and that feels like a mistake. Um, like they have a lot of name brand guys, but I'm not sure the talent is actually there for them to be good and have improved a lot since last year. Last year, they finished third in their division after being in first for like a lot of the season. But much like when we talked about with the twins and and everybody else, like you have to make substantive improvements to be able to actually climb that ladder and not just assume you'll get better or that the rest of your league will stay stagnant. So I think the Marlins are probably in a good position to get significantly better. And depending on how the Nationals trades panned out from their teardown a few years ago. 
I'm not saying they're going to be better than the Mets, but they're definitely positioned to be a lot better if they can get good performances out of uh, Josiah Gray and that catcher they traded for. I can't think of the name of. Or is Gray the catcher? Whoever they got from the Dodgers. I forget who they got from the Dodgers. Uh, but Josiah Gray and somebody. Oh, um, shit. Uh, right? It's like right there Ramos? on my fucking tongue. Ah, it doesn't sound right. It's still, uh, it's still by all means, it's uh, Travis Darno for me, and probably will be forever. Um, James McCann, amazed he's still playing baseball. Uh, are you talking about the Mets still? Oh, sorry. Talking about the Nationals. To? Oh, um, they have uh, the guy from Cleveland. Uh, no, Ian who did Jones. who did who did the who did they they get from the Dodgers? It was Josiah Gray. And oh, Kiebert Ruiz. Kiebert Ruiz. Oh, God, thank you. It was killing me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and look, I have often been a skeptic of not just the Mets, but of any bad team trying to improve. I was I've been skeptical of the Cleveland Browns for years, which has always been rewarding for me because um, they've never been good except that one time. Uh, same thing goes for my own Jets. And same thing goes for the Mets. You're, you're not good until you show me you can be good. I don't care how many good moves you think you made. Until you're good, you're not good. So the Mets, not good. Until they put it on the field and finish the season like that, you're not good. So fourth place for you, dumb fucks. What's your next one? Uh, back to the Phillies. I think they finished top three in runs scored. You'll like that one. And also bottom three in team defensive runs saved. I think they're going to have a beautiful offense and the ugliest defense you've ever seen. Which really is the way baseball should be played. I want you to hit like professionals and play defense like it's yakety sacks. With a delay, that's going to be awful for everyone involved. I love it, though. But that's the sound I want the Phillies to hear every time a ball gets hit weakly through the infield. Like every game is going to be played as though it's pouring rain and it will be a dry, sunny day in July. <laughs> People just slipping and sliding all over the field. Throws getting airmailed for no reason. I'm so excited. Next up, all sir, right. your number seven. My number seven is also Philadelphia Philly related, and it is awesome. that the Phillies hitting is as advertised and pitching is better than expected, and they go on to win the NL East. Um, so obviously the Phillies are primed and ready uh, to perform as a batting team. I'm going to actually get their lineup up because I fucking just didn't have it up. You fuck me. Um <laughs> But obviously, Zach Wheeler still on that team, still very good at ball throwing. Um, and I, I think that if the home uh, Zach Aaron Nola, you always looking for a bounce back from him. Ranger Suarez is so underrated, I think, by general baseball fans. He is very good. 
I think he's going to be such a strong part of that rotation this upcoming season. And then as long as they can get okay performances from some combination of Zach Eflin, Kyle Gibson, and Connor Brogdon, then I think their staff is really good. Uh, I don't have their bullpen in front of me. I don't really care to find it. Uh, oh, it's right there. Uh, there's guys here. I don't know their names. Their bullpen was a mess last year. Honestly, it's probably going to be a mess this year. But that rotation, I think, actually is good. And their lineup, I think, is going to be really decent. I'm not, I think it's going to be better than decent. I think it's going to be a good lineup this year as well. So, I, I mean, if they can have those two thirds of the puzzle kind of figured out and the defense is the only thing that's bad fucking who cares man rip and tear your way through the league i just i am gonna still assume they're open as that it, yeah it probably is um all right my number eight big bad boy we talked about earlier cody bellinger cannot fix his swing or find a groove and by the end of the season or soon after, I'll give him that, is either optioned or DFA'd. I could not figure out if he has options or how that situation works altogether, so I threw the caveat in there, one or the other. That's fair. Maybe he should try bending his legs in his stance. <laughs> Maybe he should try. I don't know anything about swinging, but I know that his stance bothers the shit out of me. I hate it. It's, it's very uncomfortable for me to watch. I don't know what it would be like for him to swing, but he's always had it and had it when he was really good. And then I saw he moved away from it and got worse and then has been trying to find his way back again. I, he is just mentally all over the place. It is so weird to watch players who are very good suddenly be players who are not very good. In fact, very bad. Like Chris Davis, Cody Bellinger just falling off a cliff. Ah, God. I mean... He wins MVP, 167 OPS plus. Next season, it falls 55 points to 112. But hey, shortened season, and that's still not a bad OPS plus. It's just a big dip from where it was. And then it falls 70 more points down to 45 in the follow-up year, and he played 95 games. Just awful. Mm -hmm. Awful, awful, awful. Anyway. All right, my next one's maybe the boldest prediction I have on this spreadsheet. I think it is the boldest prediction I have. I'm not sure you're emotionally ready for it. Baltimore becomes buyers at the deadline, which I've said in the past, but here's where it gets crazy. Wins more than 70 games. Um, Follow-up question. How? Just genuinely, I don't need specifics. I don't need like a, a, a just gluttony of possibilities. I just want to know how, what possibility. I'll tell you how. You ready? Happen. Yeah. They score more runs than their opponents. Magic. <laughs> the old right, fashioned way with runs and bats. <laughs> they're. Starting rotation is John Means, yes. Jordan Lyles, Love Tyler it. Wells, Absolutely. Bruce Zimmerman, and Dean Tremor. I know all those names. Jorge Lopez and Joey Kreeble. Future Hall of Famers. Setup and closer. I, I, Robinson I knew that. Ryan Mountcastle, Rugnet Odor, 
household names. Ramon Urias, Urias, Jorge Mateo, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini. Murderers Row. <laughs> like, okay, I have faith in Mountcastle, Mateo, Hayes, and Mullins to be above average to slightly above average MLB players. Cedric Mullins, I want you to be outstanding. Cedric Mancini, Mullins is going to join the 30 30 club this year. I'm, I want him to be outstanding. Adley Rushman, I know you're going to come up and do great things. But there are far too many people on this team that I have never heard of. And they're going to do it, man. <laughs> Let me put it this way. Here's part of my rationale is the comparative thinking of it. Sure. The Kansas City Royals were dog shit last year. They won okay. 74 games. Right. The Minnesota Twins, had, who finished last in their division, won 73. I know. I know. I, I, I completely agree. The Chicago Cubs, who we all agreed, gave up as an organization last year, won 71 games. Baltimore is bad. Baltimore is very not good, but I have to imagine that winning 50 games is the extreme of that. Like I can't imagine that I I have to think that that is the bottom of the barrel for an organization in terms of winning, winning fewer games than that is so hard, so hard. So obviously predicting a 20 game jump is a lot, but in the history of bad teams, 70 to 75 wins, I think is more standard, more normal than perennially losing a hundred plus. So it's a big prediction because the Orioles have shown us if you put your mind to it, you can lose a hundred plus games every year, (laughs) but I think that has to end eventually. And this is their year. Why? (laughs) Fuck you. But it is. I, okay, I, I'm not rooting against it. I just I, there's paths to each one of these predictions, except for that one. <laughs> just you wait when we get to the All Star break, <laughs> and the Orioles are thir- thirty five and 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 forty five, and I'm sitting here saying there's a chance, it's happening. They're doing it. We're here now. And then they lose 30 of their next 40. Moving on. Yeah, go ahead. Shohei Otani. Does exactly what he did last year and then some. Proves he is not a human male. It's 50 homers, sub 3.5 ERA. This is just the rationale for him picking, you picking him for MVP. No, this is the rationale of this is exa- nearly exactly what he did last year. And just speaking into existence, he has a healthy season, does it again. That's all. Well, just I would take, I would take this every day because then he would be one of the three guys that makes my first bull prediction happen. Exactly. exactly. There we go. And sub three, uh, five ERA. Look at that. You have an ace starter who gets you into the playoffs. That's two of my predictions. Boys support boys. That's, that doesn't um, sound right. <laughs> no, it sounded very boys, wrong. Poor boys. Sounded, yeah, no. It, 
it, it sounds like so kindergartners are going mouth, to lobby Congress. I immediately looked at Quinn to to see if she would call me out for it. It sounds like a group of of kindergartners oh, going to go lobby out. Congress to keep their um their 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 tree fort <laughs> boys only. No girls allowed. <laughs> no girls allowed. Boys like a little kid, born. a little kid in a, in a in a big man suit <laughs> going to speak to his representative for the boys support boys initiative. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next bold prediction um, is another playoffs based one. The Tigers finish second in the Central and make the playoffs. Now, the Tigers have not finished second in the Central in quite some time because the Tigers have been bad. Um, it's it's really been a who wants to be good this year between the White Sox, the Twins, and Cleveland. Um, and it's time for a new hat to be thrown into that race. I think that's how the saying goes, um, where the Tigers, who now have lots of people on them and a manager who knows how baseball is played, uh, and well, that's disrespectful to Ron Godden higher, um, a manager that has won a World Series recently. Um, fucking why not? Uh, Akil yeah. Badu is going to come out here and Nothing. have a 2020 season because he deserves it. Uh, Casey Myers is going to be amazing. Spencer Tor- Spencer Torkelson will get an easier to pronounce name that we'll all enjoy. Uh, Spin Tork. Uh, Spork. Spinny Spinny Torkman. Spinny Torkman will will go out there and and produce at a acceptably decent level for a rookie very quickly. Um, let's go Tigers. Grr. Go Tigers. Beautiful stadium. Love it. All right, uh, hit me I'm with your next shot. That. The boldest prediction of them all, and also the one I want to happen the most. Um, Zach Greinke will take a plate appearance this season. Ah, I like that. that Just needs to happen once. Go into a deep game. He is going to be begging and begging and begging for it to happen. Just let him hit. Honestly, if the Royals... If, if we're post all-star break and the Royals are clearly not making the playoffs and Zach Greinke wants to let him be the show high Otani of the Royals and oh let him DH God, any please. day he wants to DH genuinely. Like... What do you say? I, I, was, I was pausing to let you go. Oh, I was going to ask how old he is, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to guess I'm pulling it up now, but I'm going to guess 37. he's 30. I was going to say 38. Uh, he is. 38. Uh, got that one right. <clears throat> so this is probably his last season, um, which is why I don't think it's a big deal. Like if he was, if he still had to play next season, you know, if he was a hot young prospect who just wanted to go out there and fuck around, you don't do that. It, it, it's, it's bad form, I think. And you don't want to risk a potential batting injury, but if, if Granky wants to, and again, this is likely his last year mm-hmm. and you're already not good. Fucking why not? Why not? What do you got to lose? Literally. The man has just been begging for the ability to hit his entire life. Just let him hit. All let, right, him, mine... let him play shortstop like he always asked to. <laughs> hey, they let they let Jorge Posada do it in his last season. Well, actually it was second base, but still. Um 
he was a natural second baseman. Well, he was a shortstop, and then the Yankees were like, we actually have a guy coming up who plays shortstop, and Jorge was like, fuck that guy. Who the fuck is that guy? Fuck that guy. And then it ended up being Derek Jeter, and he was like, ah, all right. Uh, Let's be best friends. (laughs) Yeah, then he played second, and then they were like, Georgie, you're not a second baseman, but you can play catcher sometimes. And he was like, fucking goddammit, all right, and I'll do it. Um, And then he played for like 90 years. Anyway. Uh, my final bold prediction is is actually, I think, harder to come true than it sounds. But it's that the Rockies somehow get worse and win under 70 games. Uh, the Rockies are bad, but last year they did manage to still win 74 games. And depending how you view the marginal productivity of Trevor Story versus Chris Bryant, you could argue they got better depending on how you want to equate those two talents. But Chris, Chris Bryant's just going to get stoned in the uh, dugout every single game because he's clearly given up on his career. So he's a non-factor. Can't blame him. Um, But anyway, (laughs) winning, like I just said, for the Orioles, winning under 70 games is actually kind of hard to do. Like being that bad is almost a challenge. But the Rockies not only are bad, but show so little interest in being good that I'm not going to be surprised if their aging stars care a lot less. What does Charlie Blackman have to play for? Um, and they're not, they don't have prospects to call up that are really going to make a big difference like the Mariners do with Julio Rodriguez or the Tigers do with the people that they have. So like, what are, I don't know what their scheme is, but I don't think the team got good enough so. to stave off the, um, you know, encroaching glacier that is being bad that every team has to constantly be fending off. The Rockies are just letting it consume them and get shoved under the glacier that represents their organization. So um, fuck them. Bold prediction. Number 10 Rockies under 70 games. I actually have an 11. Like always, that is not baseball related. And it's very, very time sensitive to what's going on uh, tomorrow. Okay. Tiger Woods going to win the Masters. He's going to do it. He's back. He looks so good. He's going to win the fucking Masters. No, he's not. You're lying to yourself. Yes, he is. I don't even care if I'm lying to myself. I just, I'm so excited to watch him play golf tomorrow. Well, that's, that's plenty fair. You deserve that big guy. Thanks. Thanks, pal. Oh, man. All right. Well, that is all of them, right? You don't got any more? Nope. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. There we go. That means if you're so listening to this, it is opening day. The Yankees don't play today, which means it's not really opening day. So if your team's playing today, but not the Yankees, eat a dick, go fuck yourself, and then uh, uh, throw up and then eat that too. Fuck you. Um, the Yankees play on Friday. It's the only day that matters when the Yankees play because it's my team. Uh, Hi. <laughs> Hi, Quinn. Yes, I can. <laughs> okay, I, I think it's time. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here then as Corwin is being beckoned to leave. So um, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. Uh, and until Monday. Bye.
Y'all have a good one.